adventures between the Arctic and Antarctic. Listen to Arvid Fuchs on the Ocean Change podcast. Welcome to this podcast episode. This is Babel in Hamburg. Hi, and this is Arvid in Bad Ramstedt. <laughs> the northern part of Germany, Bad Bramstedt. Arvid, how are you? I'm fine. Thanks, Babel. Yeah. And how is Dagmar? Well, the one and only Dagmar <laughs> on. <laughs> yeah, she's uh, about 100 kilometers from, from my place where I live uh, in, in the very north of Germany, in Flensburg, which is just along the border of uh, Denmark. And uh, that's a really nice uh, town with about 90,000 people. And they have a long tradition with uh, uh, sailboats and uh, traditional boats. And that's where she's based. But uh, now she's, uh, we are working on her. So she looks nice from the outside but if you go down below so everything is being taken apart and varnishing and uh, and a lot of work is going on so you are preparing the next expedition yeah and in fact you will uh, go to the shipyard uh, in it's it's just across the border in denmark it's a small shipyard in the village i must say in egansund and uh, that's a very good shipyard and the, the guys have been working on her for the last 30 years and they know the boat very well and uh, so they will uh, go to work once we get there on on the 15th of march Okay. In the last episode, we talked about your first expedition with the Dagmar Orn, the ice sail expedition. And um, you had to change your plans because there was too much ice on the Northeast Passage. So you had to turn around and to overwinter in Norway in Tromsø. And um, your plan was to circumnavigate the North Pole. That was the, the plan for, for the expedition. So then you wanted to try it the other way around. Yeah, it was just not practical to to give it another try to go through the Northeast Passage. Uh, the ice situation was pretty desperate, but on the other side, also the political situation was complicated. And uh, we just followed our plan to to circumnavigate the, the North Pole. But we said, well, just let's try it uh, the other way around. So uh, we went back to, to Tromsø, to Norway, and um, we stayed there for the winter, or the boat stayed there for the winter in a safe harbor. And uh, so they also have a floating dock there where we could uh, take the boat out of the water. And after spending two years in Siberia, uh, it was just about time to to uh, take the boat out of the water and then uh, do all the maintenance necessary before we could uh, put to sea again. There have been temperatures of minus 50, minus 60 degree in Siberia. What did that mean for the Dagmaon? There was not really any damage, so but uh, it's it's a wooden boat, right? So uh, you you have to do a lot of maintenance, ma maintaining the boat. You have to varnish and you paint uh, the hull, and you need anti-fouling, of course, and 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 the zinc nodes uh, below the waterline had to be replaced, and uh, you have to check the propeller because we we traveled through a lot of ice and and the propeller shaft and the rudder and the bearings and. 
And so uh, it's 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 a lot of maintenance. So and also the rigging had to be checked, and uh, the blocks had to be greased and painted, and uh, some of the running rigging had to be replaced. So the ropes uh, and everything had to to be looked after and um, that uh, took about a month uh, or about three weeks i think and then the boat looked nice again and was in c-shaped condition again okay and then your next destination was jan main and then iceland and then you had to surround the southern part of greenland the cape farewell Yeah, it was a long stretch across the North Atlantic, basically. So uh, when we left the Norwegian coast, we sailed uh, westwards to the island of Jan Mayen, which is uh, not populated. So there's just a military base, basically, and a weather station. And you need a permit to, to land there. So we, we got the permit and we sailed there. And there's no harbor, nothing at all. You just can't anchor and it's very exposed and the weather is pretty bad. But the, it's just a very interesting island because they have a volcano that called the Bärenberg and uh, it's more than 2000 meters high and it's sticking right out of the ocean and you can see if the weather is clear you can see the volcano from a distance of about 60 nautical miles sometimes and it's snow and ice covered and it's just so beautiful it looks like the Fujiyama if you just uh, <laughs> see it from the right angle and uh, we were actually approaching in, in decent weather with good visibility and we were able to see the Bärenberg from a long distance and we stayed there for for a few days but then the weather deteriorated again and we uh, kept Uh, traveling towards Ireland and uh, went to the northern port of uh, Iceland, Akureyri, which is the uh, second uh, biggest town in Iceland. And um, yeah, and, and from there on, we, we sailed around Iceland, went to Reykjavik and stayed there for a while. And then we proceeded and uh, headed towards the southern tip, the very south of uh, Greenland, which is called Cape Farewell. And Cape Farewell was the most challenging part of this stretch, wasn't it? Yeah, everybody knows Cape Horn and has heard horrible stories about the storms uh, in, around that area. But hardly anybody has heard something about uh, Cape Farewell. And it's at least just as bad as Cape Horn weather-wise. So uh, you get really severe storms. And on the other side, you it's not only a very stormy area. So in the, we, we are talking about the year 1993. At that time, you still had a lot of ice drifting down south uh, from the east coast uh, around the southern tip of Greenland. And then you had these catabatic winds from the ice cap. And that's uh, coming usually from, from a different direction so and then it's a combination of all of that what I, what I just explained and uh, at that time you didn't have the weather report and, and the quality you are used to nowadays so you don't have grip data or anything like that you just had a weather fax and uh, so uh, showing the high pressure and low pressure systems uh, moving but but you just had 
to find out yourself how the weather situation will be the next couple of hours or the next day. And uh, once we left Iceland, so we were pretty much on our own and there was no place to seek shelter or whatever. You just stay offshore, of course, because that's the safest place. And KSU, you hit bad weather. And um, we just kept a distance from Cape Farewell of about 100 nautical miles uh, to avoid the catabatic winds from the ice cap. But still, it turned out to be a pretty rough ride. 50 knots, wind force 10. What does that mean for you, standing on deck, navigating? Yeah, we are talking about uh, force 10. Uh, according to the Beaufort scale, it's uh, more than 50 knots of wind. And that's about 100 kilometers of, of, of wind or sometimes even more in gusts. And uh, that's a lot of wind. And the wind generates, uh, of course, uh, the waves. And the longer the wind is uh, strong, so the, the higher the waves get. And so uh, we were sailing uh, downwind, and then we had a following sea, which is good. Uh, but uh, at that time, we didn't have any autopilot or whatever, so we had uh, hand steering, and uh, uh, we had the storm jib out, and, and it was uh, just uh, going downwind, but it was very very high seas and and then even though we kept a distance of about 100 nautical miles to the southern tip to cape farewell um, eventually we got these strong catabatic winds and they were uh, putting up uh, cross sea basically that came a beam from from our course and uh, we had to deal not only with the well following seas which were about uh, 10 meters high and uh, which is equivalent of about uh, 30 feet and uh, so we also had these breaking seas from a beam and, and they were breaking all across the deck of, of uh, Dag Maon and we were strapped with lifelines of course and, and life belts um, but uh, one situation so one came out of the navigation area and so the door wasn't closed completely and, and then all of a sudden you know, there was a breaker and it didn't fill up the, the navigation compartment but a hell of a lot of water came down below and destroyed part of the electronic equipment, the well effects and some other gear and, and there was water in, in the boat which is dangerous but we had the Uh, the bilge pumps going anyway and uh, so the water was pumped out overboard again in, in, in a few minutes so it was a serious situation and uh, in general the storm uh, was pretty tough uh, tough going how many people are on deck in such a situation in such a heavy storm only the people who are needed to maneuver the boat, basically. So, as I said, it was hand steering. So, we had uh, always one person who uh, who know how to to handle the boat and these kind of uh, uh, weather. Uh, so, you you really have to have experts at the rudder. And of course, I was standing out there because that's that's my job being out there and then this kind of weather and somebody was down below and trying to make some dinner or prepare some food. And, and uh, most important of all, to brew some hot coffee because uh, that keeps you going <laughs> during the night, even though the weather is nasty. But uh, coffee helps a lot in these situations. And it took hours before the storm was over. I mean, it started at... 11 p.m. and it ended in the next morning so it's for eight nine ten hours 
Yeah, probably it could have lasted even much longer. So we were lucky that it subsided after after these hours. So uh, yeah, it was enough for us anyway. So we were were happy when we came around the southern tip, and uh, we we could steer a little bit. Uh, northwards and uh, so the low pressure system moved uh, pretty fast so eventually so we, we left the, the system and uh, sailed further up north and then there was uh, quite a bit of uh, sea ice on the water and that flattened the sea and then the, um, uh, the waves so it didn't take long and we were in a flat calm sea with ice flows around us and then a sunny spotless sky so it was quite a change compared to the night we just went through and uh, yeah everybody was of course exhausted and, uh, and 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 tired but also happy so i mean that's a important part of the story i mean you, know, you always have to go through some difficult situations but when when you just did the right things and, and had the right boat and so everybody was just uh, impressed what happened of course and uh, we we spoke about the situation but uh, everybody was kind of proud also being through this uh, ordeal and and uh, having managed to to get through it and so it was uh, a crew effort and all of us manage all right. And during this situation, um, what does this mean for the members of your crew? I mean, uh, you have to have strong nerves to get through this. Yeah, people keep asking me that question all the time. What What's happening in a storm? Are people just hysterical? Or if everybody starts to shout and yell at each other and, and just uh, start being hectic or whatever, n none of this is happening. So you, you only speak what is necessary because it's also loud outside and it's uh, you you don't start a conversation in this kind of weather maybe about a new course or, or about the sales or, or what should be done but uh, you you don't don't talk really much but uh, everybody is quiet and uh, so um, all even if somebody feels not very happy and, and seasick so you will lie down in a spunk and uh, just but uh, I, th I think it's it's not that that we are because we are extremely tough or whatever it's just the situation so you know if you start being uh, yeah, if you start yelling or whatever, it, it doesn't improve the situation. It doesn't help. To the contrary, so it, it makes things worse, and so that's why you have to be quiet. And uh, so, and, and you just have to have the right crew, I guess. And <laughs> I'm very lucky to have the right crew. And the crew is very lucky to have you as her captain. And you are lucky to have the Dagmon. <laughs> <laughs> Avid, thank you for sharing this with us. In case you haven't subscribed this podcast, we strongly recommend doing this so you won't miss the next episode when Avid tells us more about the Northwest Passage. Yes, I will. Looking forward to it. Okay. Thank you, Avid. Okay. All the best. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was the podcast Ocean Change by Arvid Fuchs and Bärbel Fenig.